Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Draft Smashers Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm your host, Anthony Aniano, as I am every Wednesday night. Here on Blog Talk Radio, excited to be with you on this Wednesday night, March 25th. Uh, anybody listening live, as always, do appreciate flying solo tonight. Uh, normally, Eric Corsini joining me on Wednesday nights, unable to attend. He, uh, he actually coaches baseball, had a late scrimmage, so um, was unable to get here to the studio. So we're going to keep the show nice and short today. We're going to talk some, some rookies, some prospects, uh, hopefully... Your draft is scheduled. I actually had my first draft last night, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want to remind everybody the phone lines are open at 347-838-8088. That's 347-838-8088. Chat room is open as well if anybody wants to chime in on that. If you're listening live, if you're not listening live, and you're listening on Blog Talk Radio or on iTunes, I do appreciate. If you're on iTunes, do me a favor. Download, subscribe, and most importantly, leave a little rating and a comment do appreciate the feedback and your thoughts on the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Draft Smash Radio and follow us on Facebook at Draft Smashers Fantasy Sports Radio. It has its own page there on Facebook. And don't forget, go to FanDuel.com right now. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my personal code SMASHERS to sign up right now. Sign up today and FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $200. That's a bonus of up to $200. Only offer is only good for the first 50 people that use my code SMASHERS. Don't forget to use the code SMASHERS. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Also, if you don't want to use FanDuel and you want to slide over to DraftKings, feel free to do that. Play whenever you want on DraftKings.com. It's like a new season every time you play, so you're never stuck with the same players. Last year, $300 million were won at DraftKings.com, and you could be next. Go to DraftKings.com. And enter the promotional code SMASH RADIO to play for free. That's SMASH RADIO to play for free on DraftKings.com. Um, so a lot going on, and we're going to get to all of it. We have a special guest joining us this evening. We'll get to him in just a few more seconds. Uh, our good friend Lenny Melnick, RotoExperts.com, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. He's all over the place and one of the premier fantasy baseball experts out there. He's been on the show with us a few times, and uh, he's going to join us today for a little while and get his unique perspective on the world of fantasy baseball rookies. And, and I don't know, let's just say it's not necessarily a love affair. That's for sure. Lenny, Anthony Aniano here. How are you, my friend? Yes, sir. A rookie is a rookie is a rookie, but, you know, every once in a while they pan out, Anthony, so got to keep our fingers crossed and our hopes high. There you go. Lenny, good seeing you the other night, by the way, after Tout Wars. Uh, You've been a busy guy. Uh, Tout, Labor, you've been all over the place. Your results on, uh, uh, I think it was Labor, are in this week's USA Today Sports Weekly, so I was checking that out. Uh, I got to ask, before we get to the rookies, were you pleased with the results of your tout team this weekend? Uh, yeah, I was really pleased. And, of course, when you look at any any of the only league teams, whether it be AL or NL, every team standing by itself looks pretty bad. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Uh, it's you know that's that's the nature of the only leagues uh, compared to a ten team mixed league where every team looks good uh, in the only league every team tends to look bad so it's really you have to look at a team and and um, make a comparison among the other teams or understand what the benchmarks are and uh, you know I went ahead and of course I preach very uh, very carefully that the first thing you have to do to prepare for your draft is make sure you have last year's benchmark numbers. Uh, I go by home runs and stolen bases and offense, and I know that it would take 195 home runs to have won NL Tout last year, uh, along with 125 stolen bases to win that category. So I don't necessarily try to get those numbers to win, but you you want to know what numbers you need to come in first, second, or third. And I think, you know, I go into any draft, that's my goal, to hit my benchmark numbers 
And if you take a look at my team and give it any kind of projection, it doesn't have to be the same as mine. I think I came pretty close. I think I surpassed the numbers that I tried to get. So I'm I'm pretty happy with what I did. Good, good stuff, Lenny. And uh, looking forward, I know we're in a NL only. I know uh, this Monday night, so uh should be fun, that's for sure. But, um, well, Lenny, let's get into it. You know, and, and it's funny, you said it at the start when you came on, you talked about uh, a rookie is a rookie is a rookie. And when I was on one of uh, your serious shows, we had the same, similar conversation. But everybody loves the next phenom. Everybody wants to sh- walk away draft day and think they got that guy. Yep. Um, and like you said, very rarely does it pan out. And what I find fascinating with the, the this off this spring training's phenom, Chris Bryant, and we've all talked about him ad nauseum at this point, but what I'm finding more and more interesting is watching him now at this point climb up the draft boards to a point where I don't even know if he can live up to his own hype anymore. I mean, I'm, you're seeing him go before a lot of established third basemen based on a, a terrific spring, but nonetheless a rookie. I mean, at, at what point do you have to back away from the hype and say, well, what are we doing here? This kid's never gotten a major league at bat. Here's a couple of things on Chris Bryant. First of all, don't even hesitate to uh, be swayed uh, whether or not he gets uh, um, sent to the um, um, minors or he get or he gets called up with the big team right away. If he was going on a bereavement leave and was going to be out for uh, ten days or two weeks, I don't think anybody would hesitate to draft him. But because some of us think he's going to be sent down for twelve days or twelve games, I forget which one it was. Uh, everybody's you know unsure. The truth is is that his nine home runs are very impressive. But number one, if you take a look. At this kid, and you'll notice a you know a real big kid, real big kid with a real big swing. And the other thing that I take a look at, I take a look at this big swing, and then I take a look at the nine home runs. And I went back the other day. Yeah, he hit a home run off Felix Hernandez. He hit one uh, yesterday off of Pomerantz. He and he hit, um, but that's it. You know, seven other uh, pitchers. He had home runs over seven other pitchers who you probably never heard of and never will hear from again. So I, I, I'm taking the position that once the uh, season starts and he's up against the number one starter and a number two starter and even a number three starter, these guys know how to handle the big swings. Uh, these guys know you pitch him inside and you tie him up, and that big swing uh, now becomes a, um, a big walk to the dugout. He's been known to strike out a few times. So temper your enthusiasm. Remember, in the spring, when you see the closers coming in in the third inning, not the ninth mm-hmm. inning, it's because they want them to face real hitters. Uh, same thing with uh, Chris Bryant. He's hit seven out of his nine home runs against make-believe pitchers. So temper your enthusiasm. Yes, he could, he could very well hit 25 home runs. There's no question about it. But uh, is he, a, I don't know, is he going to be Dave Kingman this year? Or is he going to be uh, uh, Jose Abreu? Um, I, if I had to take a guess, I would say he's going to be Dave Kingman before he's going to be Jose Abreu. All right, Dave Kingman, let's talk about uh, the uh, for us old-timers. That's uh, an Adam Dunn-like number there. Yeah, Adam Maybe Dunn, 200. same kind of, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yep, same same type of player. Um, Lenny, another player who's gotten a lot of buzz uh, pitching for Colorado, and he's had a nice spring is their youngster, John Gray. I mean, he's been off to a terrific start, striking out a lot of guys, pitching to a nice ERA. And the one thing, you know, you you want to talk about with a rookie, there's really not much on the major league level that's going to block this kid. You know, this spring he's pitched to an ERA just over two. Uh, He's In 13 innings, he struck out nine batters. He's looked good. People are talking about him nipping into the the rotation there for Colorado. Uh... Is he worth a flyer on draft day? Is he worth a few bucks on auction day for an NL only or something like that? Or is this another situation of, like you said, a pitcher batting against lesser hitters in the spring and now potentially going to Colorado and really not living up to any of the hype that a young phenom pitcher uh, can possibly live up to? A young phenom Colorado Rocky pitcher. <laughs> right. That's, exactly. Can't leave that out. 
Can't leave that out. No, I interviewed Dan Dowd, who was the uh, former general manager of the Colorado Rockies, and I asked him straight out. You know, he mentioned very clearly it was very tough to get any free agent pitchers to come to Colorado and very tough to get any anything out of any pitchers uh, in Colorado. I asked him straight out about Butler, about Gray. I said, are fantasy mm-hmm. baseball owners wasting their time? Anthony, he said yes. Wow. And and that surprised me. Now, former Colorado general manager, it's that difficult to pitch well. I don't care. He did mention that if anybody had a chance to be successful, it would be a, a rocky pitcher coming up through the system because through the system they tend to teach their kids how to pitch in, in Coors Field. Uh, when you get a free agent to come over, they're coming over and they're shocked. Uh, so he did say that they have more of a chance uh, to be successful than just about any free agent pitcher they could have gotten, only for that reason that they're taught, they're schooled, keep the ball down and all that stuff. But in spite of all that, he says you can't expect to have a good, uh, you know, you could be adequate, but you're not going to get a star pitcher coming out of Colorado. So I would say um, if you're tempted to take either Butler or Gray or believing any of the hype of these Colorado youngsters, uh, don't expect any more than your number three, your number four starter, and that's if they luck out. Wow. Lenny, one more team I wanted to mention, and then I was gonna, um, I'll was i ask you something else, but the Toronto Blue Jays are putting a lot of faith, it seems, in some rookies now this season. Veteran team, Encarnacion, Batista, Reyes, they added Donaldson. But you're looking at two pitchers, Daniel Norris and Aaron Sanchez. You're looking at Dalton Pompey being handed the center field job. Uh, people are tripping over themselves trying to get these pitchers. Pompey could be maybe a late source of, of some steals and some runs scored, things like that. Well, when I talk about these Blue Jay guys, I kind of group them together because it seems like they've gone through the system together and they're going to come up at about the same time, it looks like. Uh, your take on any of these Blue Jay guys, any of them worth it, um, as guys are, are looking for that rookie to maybe make a difference? Well, Dalton Pompey may get an opportunity, but it's not etched in stone. Uh, Kevin Pillar suffered an injury the other day, and that uh, that's going to help him a lot. Uh, had that injury not occurred, I would have suggested that Pompey, who's a switch hitter, may have started the year in AAA. Uh, he started last year in A-ball and made it all the way to the major leagues from mm-hmm. A-ball. And I saw him in in Arizona, and he certainly looks the part. He kind of reminds me of a, of a young Leonis Martin, big, tall, long legs. You can see that the stolen bases will be there if he gets on base. The power will develop, you know, double digit, nothing great uh, yet. So Pompey, uh, I think a lot of it depends upon Pilar. Uh, Pompey's stock went up when Michael Saunders went down. But Saunders mm-hmm. has made a quicker recovery, so uh, I'm saying that if Pilar is okay, uh, I think Pompey may start the year and disappoint some of us, although I think he'll be up rather quickly. But the big story in Toronto is the emergence of Daniel Norris, who has come up with a, a second changeup. And he gave, he pitched today, gave up uh, one run in six innings. There are people in Major League Baseball who have said that this is the best young pitcher coming up on any team in the major leagues, and he is just a—he is just a kid that is going to impress. He's going to be something. I didn't think he would do it this year, but he's—he's uh, he's showing it, and he's going to make that rotation. Uh, so I would really—I uh, would really, uh, as I say, etch—you know—etch his name on your kitchen table. You don't want to forget about him. <laughs> six innings, one run, one run today. Six innings looked terrific. And the key, he says, is coming up with this. So he has two different kind of change-ups. One change-up goes into the uh, um, uh, hitter, and the other one fades away. And this is the one that fades away from the uh, 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 right-handed hitters. And uh, if he gets that down, then he's in pretty good shape. So uh, I think Norris will be pretty I also like Drew Hutchinson. You take a look at that mm-hmm. team, boy. When they, had, when they were coming in with Hutchinson and Stroman, and uh, Norris, these were the three best young-looking pitchers that I've seen in a long time. But, of course, we know that Stroman's out. Yeah, Daniel Norris is going to be a stud, and I would say he's about the best pitcher, the best young pitcher in the American League this year by far. 
So Norris, you, you have him obviously rated higher than the other young kid, Aaron Sanchez. You prefer oh, Norris yeah. over him. This is Sanchez. What's funny, I think, Lenny? It, it, yeah, I think Sanchez ahead. is. I, I thought Sanchez was going to be this year's Dylan Betances. Yeah, but Betances and Sanchez, two big kids uh, uh, who started off uh, as as starters, as Betances did. Betances found his way in the bullpen. Sanchez looks like he's only comfortable. In the bullpen, they're trying to you know recreate him as a starter. He loses his uh, control. He just—I don't know what it is with him. I don't know everything about him, but I do know that he hasn't had one good start yet. Yet in the bullpen, mm-hmm. he seems to be lights out. So, wouldn't be surprised since you know Brett Cecil is the is the closer there if Sanchez comes back and winds up being this year's Dellen Batances. So I keep my eye on that and Marco Estrada waiting in the wings for a spot. Uh, you know who's on this team? You know, Johan Santana is pitching in Toronto. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. know if he's gonna. I don't know what his status is. But anyway, I, I'm not that high on Sanchez as a starter. I'm high on him as a relief pitcher. And as far as Norris, as far as Norris goes, this could could be uh, really something special. So, what, what I find interesting, Lenny, and, and I know you're you're not a big rookie guy, and and the names we've mentioned, Daniel Norris has been the really the only the first one that you've talked highly of, per se. In your trials, I know you were in Arizona for a while watching some spring training games. Are there any other rookies, or maybe not even a rookie, but a young kid, an under-the-radar type of guy, guys you saw this spring that that you like, that you think fantasy baseball-wise could make an impact, that the ordinary Joe Schmo, who, who who's not in Arizona for spring training, would notice? Well, first of all, just let me say about rookies. Last year, that only three rookies hit more than 15 home runs. He had Abreu, he had Springer, and he had Jonathan Scope. That's it. Nobody else had more than 15. RBIs, uh, only two had more than 65 RBIs. That was Abreu, and that was Castellanos from Detroit. Uh, only uh, three had more than 70 RBIs. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the run scored. Abreu, uh, you had uh, uh, Danny Santana, and uh, you had uh, uh, Hamilton had more than 70 runs scored. Uh, so you take Abreu out of the mix, and what do you got? You got nothing. <laughs> so last year's mm-hmm. uh, rookie crop was awful, and, of course, a lot of the rookies we looked at last year, including uh, Mike Alt and Castellanos and Baez and Chris Owings and uh, Polanco and Singleton. I tell you what, last year at this time we were talking them all up, and, uh, you know, look, only Oscar Tavares the late Oscar Tavares has an excuse here because some of those guys were pretty bad. As far as other guys that are concerned, uh, you want to talk about other rookies, first of all, for this year. Uh, Jace Peterson, someone I've been talking about since November. And, you know, it's very funny. When I came out of Arizona, I'm, I'm talking about Jace Peterson. And I, I had him last year. I thought he was a 150-pound string bean utility infielder. I see a 6'1", 200-pound batting third, hitting line drives. Fell in love with him. Now everybody knows him. So it's kind of it's kind of a little frustrating. I almost didn't want him to do well. I did manage to get him in Tout Wars and Labor as my second baseman, so I'm happy about that. We know about Odebel Herrera now, another guy that I w- I've been talking about, and he's a Rule Five guy who want, who may wind up playing center field as they move Ben mm-hmm. Rivera to left. So th- that's pretty interesting there. Uh, of, of course, everybody knows about Peterson. Uh, Oliveira, Hector Oliveira, the Cuban kid from the Dodgers, he may go down to the minor leagues for about a month, and then we'll see what uh, we have over there. Uh, you got Steven Souza, who's who's got that injured forearm, so we'll have to see. But he's very capable of hitting 15 home runs and stealing 10 bases without doing much. I think Carlos Sanchez makes the team over Micah Johnson, believe it or not. Uh, Johnson, who's he's only hitting 441, and I'm saying Anthony, I'm saying he's not going to make the team, right? <laughs> Uh, but Sanchez was the starting second baseman last year in September. He's got a better glove than Johnson. And as, as good as Johnson is and how much he can steal, uh, yeah, he, he got caught stealing quite a bit. And I think they're going to send him down. That's just my opinion. I haven't heard that from anybody at all. So, But I, I think it just looks like they're going to send him down a little bit. Uh, some prospects that are in the minor leagues that could show up this year, 
you guys who I saw, I'll tell you what, the Yankees finally have some stuff coming up. Aaron Judge, mm -hmm. who's a big uh, 6'6", 250-pound outfielder. And what impressed me the most was not exactly that he was hitting home runs. Anybody I saw J.P. Aaron Sibia hit home runs like this. But Aaron Judge impressed me by throwing runners out from right field. So showed some pretty good athletic ability. Greg Bird. Who, who won the home run title in Arizona. Uh, Courtney Hawkins is a guy who's hit four home runs for the Chicago White Sox in the spring. I think if it wasn't for Chris Bryant, I think you might know who Courtney Hawkins is, but you may know him by the end of the year. He, he could get a shot up, no question about it. Uh, of course, Jose Peraza, the second baseman for Atlanta, who everybody thought was a lock to make it. Well, he's no lock, but he's coming. Uh, he's going to do okay. Jesse Winker, who is an outfielder for Cincinnati, he won the Arizona Fall League batting title, and we all know Marlon Bird's out there in left field. So uh, Jesse mm -hmm. Winker is a guy that you want to pay careful attention to. And Kyle Crick, a relief pitcher for the Giants, who very, may very well wind up being the closer by the end of the year, or at least a strong candidate for next year if you're in a keeper league. So those are some of the guys who I think have it. Also, Stephen Mora uh, for the Detroit Tigers. This kid's a monster. He's another 6'6 stud, but he's a string bean, and uh, he needed some time. Of course, we all know about Francisco Lindor. And also, uh, this kid, mm -hmm. Carlos Correa, he had a second home mm -hmm. run today, and he, he's tearing it up, but uh, he's not ready yet. So he's batting 297. He's 11 for 37, and he's showing that he could be ready at some point, uh, I, I guess, by the All-Star game. So we'll see how that works. Yeah, he's an interesting player to me only because there's really not much in terms of uh blockage there in Houston for him uh you know they have Jed Lowry but we know what Jed Lowry is Correa yes, is going to be a starter to me <laughs> you know when, when he comes up what's funny though you know you're you're naming these players and and mid-season guys and what I find fascinating when, when just talking to you in general is it's not the guys everybody talks about you know uh, everybody talks about Archie Bradley and uh, yeah. and Noah Syndergaard and Dylan Bundy and Jameson Talon in Pittsburgh or Andrew Haney, who was traded a few times, uh, Byron Buxton, who everybody loves, Buxton and Sano in, in Minnesota. You mm -hmm. know, these are all guys who right now uh, doesn't look like they're going to break camp with these teams. They can come up midseason. Uh, again, I'm like you. I'm not tripping over myself trying to get any of these guys for, for a mid-season run, we've seen it too many times where that player comes up, has a hot week or two, and then Major League uh, pitching quickly adjusts to them, and then it takes a while for the, these young kids to then readjust to the pitching. I mean, that's just my view on a lot of these players. I don't know how you feel. Well, you're right, but, you know, look, I'm not going to mention Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano. Anybody listening to this broadcast, I'm quite sure you know who those guys are, all right? right. I didn't mention Jock Peterson. Uh, you know, I didn't mention Yosemite Tomas. We all know about these guys. I'll tell you one guy that I failed to mention, and that's Michael Taylor, and he may be going the other way. Everybody just assumes because uh, Span, uh, you know, went down that Taylor's getting the job. You know, he has, mm -hmm. he has not walked yet in the spring and struck out 11 times. And that tells me that in the best interest of the kid, even though he is hitting over 300, he just he needs to be developed. It's such a thing as rushing somebody. It's not as if they didn't have Nate McLeod there who could who could get some playing time and Tyler Moore. I wouldn't be surprised if all these people who are jumping on Michael Taylor's bandwagon, thinking that he's he's a lock uh, to replace Bernard Span. I think you may want to think twice about it. it wouldn't shock me if they send him down because he's clearly not ready. When he was brought up last year, he was overmatched a little bit. So um, I, I just you know just warning you guys, don't jump on the Taylor bandwagon so quick fair enough Lenny do you mind we got a call here let's uh you mind sticking around and seeing uh helping answer a question here be my guest if it's a prank call I'm just going to warn you I'll prank you right back there you go hello you're on yeah. the air this is Anthony Aniano joined by Lenny Melnick who's this uh, this is Mike from uh Dover Ohio hey hello Mike there, how Mike. are you what's going on tonight hey I'm doing pretty good guys hey um uh, just had a few uh prospects on my team, and I'm in an NL-only keeper league. Uh, two of the three, I know I'm not going to get much this year, uh, be uh, Giolito from the Nationals, Madison Russell 
Um, I'm going to keep those guys for next year, hopefully. And uh, the third guy, though, um, we talk about him a lot, and I want to get you guys' take on him. Javier Baez from the Cubs. Oh, baby. He's just, he's not ready. He's not, he'll be sent no. down. I wouldn't be surprised if he spends most of the year in the minor leagues. Uh, Theo Epstein has made it very clear. Unless you're dominating in your league, you're not getting called up. You're not getting moved up. And Javier Baez is just struggling like hell just to make contact. So as much as we love him, you know, he came up last year. He was a house on fire, hitting all the home runs and doing everything. He really did cool off, and the strikeout rate's enormous. He's clearly not ready. I expect Tommy Listella to open up at second base. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cub that you should be paying attention to is Albert Almora. And he has been turning heads. Now, he's a, a center field type with Dexter Fowler being a free agent next year. Keep an eye on this kid, Almora. Etch his name on your forehead because that's how important he could be. When you brush your teeth in the morning, you'll always see his name on your forehead. You know, Almora, put it up there. You know, the kitchen table may be a little full. And if that's yeah. the case, use your forehead. It's better. So, uh, yeah. And as far as Addison Russell goes, uh, Starling Castro has been batting third. I thought maybe that was a, a way to market him as a number three hitter, but I think that I don't think that experiment's going to continue. And of course, with uh, Gelito or Gelato, whatever his name is, he's a year or two away. So, uh, but he's supposed to be a pretty good pitcher. I haven't seen him. Yeah, I, I agree with Lenny 100% on Baez. Uh, I mean, last season in his little cup of coffee with the big, what, he had 229 yep. plate appearances, struck out 95 times, played winter ball. I think his rate was almost half of his at-bats in winter ball he struck out. And now this spring, coming into today in 42 plate appearances, already 14 strikeouts. Um, I'm not high on him. The Cubs are playing to win this year. They're not going to carry a guy who's going to strike out every time, every other time up. And, yeah, you think you know, the you Cubs are really at- playing to win this year? I, I do think they are, yeah. I think they signed uh, – they have Aredia. They, have, they brought in Hamill. They signed Lester, Rizzo, and Castro. I think, I think they're playing to win. Whether they're actually going to play to win is a different story. But I think they have bought their own hype on players like Soler and Bryant. And they brought in uh, Dexter Fowler to play center field. I, I think I think they I think they have a legitimate shot to contend for a wild card, oh, and because Anthony, of that, Anthony, I do. Yeah, I, I think they, I think they think they do. Whether I think they do is a different story. I think yeah. they think they're starting to buy their own hype. If that's you what, thought that's they what I mean could win, I would understand it. If you know, if the if the I think they're buying their they own hype. Win, because the, what if Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer? Uh, two professionals in Major League Baseball. I um, think they can win with all these young players, Baez and uh, and Solar, and uh, they have a nice combination of veterans and, and rookies. I'm not saying they're going to win the so, Central, man. Lenny. I, I think I think they could be a. Fr- I think they think they could be a fringe wild card contender. Well, and in this I'm day and age of baseball, yep. In this day and age in baseball, 85 wins can put you on the fringe of the wild card. All right, I think they're expecting that you. big a jump. All right, you, can you don't think this they one. think that? No, I don't All think right. they. I don't. It's be, and I'll tell you why. Oh, look, they could win. Anything could happen. Okay, no question. Anything could. How's that for a bold statement? Anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a plan, five-year plan, to put this team and make this team a contender. And uh, Theo is not even thinking about winning. He's All he wants is to complete his plan without making any changes. This was his plan. you got to build it slowly. you got to get the veteran pitcher in there. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Jake Arrieta. Uh, I have seen him pitch, and I see he can't hit his target. Now, Arietta's 29 years old. He spent four years in the Baltimore organization being very mediocre. Last year, he broke out. He's 29. Everybody looks at him as just some young hotshot pitcher. Yeah. He's 29, hasn't done anything. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. he was almost banned from the Baltimore clubhouse for writing a diary about what was going on in the locker room. And uh, he was he was really uh, ostracized on that team. So he's a, he's a bit of a character. But, here's, but I'm watching him, and, you know, you watch the catcher, uh, make a target, and then you see the pitcher throw. Now I can understand if the catcher has to go to the left or the right, but when the pitcher, when the catcher has to come up high, uh, and Arietta can't keep the ball down, that's a scare. That's yeah, that's what bothers me a little. He can't seem to hit the target. I've seen him pitch twice. 
Kyle Hendricks is the surprise here. A kid who's dominated at every level. He had a terrific year last year. It wasn't a fluke. Wouldn't be surprised if Hendricks goes past Arietta. Hamill is just just a you know uh, a vanilla pitcher. Travis mm-hmm. Wood was pitching for his spot today. By the way, he has been on. You know he's going to be the he may be the first right-handed hitter off the bench on this team. He's that good of a hitter, Travis Wood. Mm. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I was reading that, uh, talking to somebody about that today. Uh, so I, I don't see the pitching staff and the bullpen. You know, don't forget the bullpen. Hector Rondon was a, uh, a Rule 5 guy. But that tells me that there are, there are a couple of people in Major League Baseball who didn't think he was so great. And he had and he had a good year. That was it. Can he do yeah. it again? I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. not. You know, I'm not uh, gonna. I'm not betting the ranch on that. That's why I took Jason Mott in both labor and uh, Town Wars. But we'll see. I'm just not convinced that. Uh, I don't even think that the Cubs care if they win. They just want to build it the right way. All right. It's going to be interesting to see, Mike. Uh, so there you go. We like we like who you keep and we don't like Baez. Uh, hopefully that helps you out, my friend. Okay. Thanks. Take the call, guys. I appreciate hey, it. Hey, thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for all calling. right. Thanks for the time, Mike. All right, Lenny, one last question before we wrap it up for tonight, and I, and I saw this today uh, floating around different spots. Uh, New York Yankees bullpen, Dylan Patantis has been yeah. ineffective. Um, Fastball. Joe Girardi has not come out and named a closer. Everybody's looking at Dylan Patantis as a top-tier reliever, and now we're hearing he might not even get the job. Miller might get the job. I know you're not high on drafting closers anyway, um, does this concern you though? If you are a guy high on Patantis, or do you think he eventually will walks away? No, with it the has to. Closer? I'm sorry, it, it has to. No, it has to concern you. I mean, if you're a Yankee fan, it has to. If you're if you're drafting Patantis, you got to be careful here. He's he's you know he hasn't complained, but he has stated that uh, he doesn't know where his fastball is. Uh, he doesn't have the same velocity, the same pop that he had last year. Now, that's as far as I'll go. I don't know what's causing it. He says he doesn't know, but it's got to be a cause of concern. We're in the middle of spring training, and he says he's not feeling it. Okay, he could he could come back and start feeling it tomorrow. I thought all along, Anthony, that the Yankees are one move away from dominating the American League East, and that's to get a, a, a veteran closer. Uh, so that uh, a guy like a Papelbon, he was the guy, because I really think they could get Cole Hamels if they are willing to take Papelbon's contract and get and maybe give him a, pros, a low prospect or two, not an Aaron Judge or, or a Severino. They give him two good lower prospects, take Papelbon's contract, and away you go. Maybe even Ryan Howard, too. I don't know. The Phillies got to all along these guys somehow. All right? So if the Yankees are willing to spend some money, I think they could do it. But I'm a little concerned for Batances. Uh, I certainly am. He pitched a lot of innings last year. But the fact that he's complaining that he doesn't have his pop, uh, that bothers me. I'll tell you what, there's a couple of guys I'm concerned about. I'm also concerned about Prince Fielder. Not just his because of his neck injury, but if you think about Prince Fielder, he missed last year. And he mm-hmm. missed the shift last year, right? If there's any ball player in major leagues who's going to be subject to the shift, it's going to be Prince Fielder. So for those of you who drafted Field, yeah, he may hit his 25, 30 home runs, but he's always come through with a pretty good batting average. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 230 or 240 this year against that shift. So uh, I think that's something that we all, uh, you know, nobody's talking about it. But we all got to pay attention. The shift is going to be on Fielder, and he'll go through everything that guys like Jay Bruce and uh, Brian McCann went through last year. A lot of frustration and a pretty low batting average. Are you feeling better about Miguel Cabrera? I know coming in, he played today. He played first base today. He did. Yes, he he did. did. So uh, Uh, are are your concerns a little, a little less? Yeah, my only concern, you know, look, I never, you know, this wasn't a prediction. I know it was never. I know I brought this up in November uh, because I'm just, I was just reporting what the situation mm-hmm. was, and I couldn't believe a lot of people didn't know about it. It was in the Detroit right. newspapers that he had to have screws inserted, and it was a lot worse than what they thought. 
so he mm-hmm. has made it back. But there was a point there that we just didn't know. And my only cause for concern was how do you, you know, how do you invest a, a first round pick on someone who you don't even know can walk around the bases? <laughs> right. So right. Uh, that was a little tough. As it turns out, everything appears to be normal. He's on schedule. And look, he's, he's Miguel Cabrera. So uh, happy to see that he was playing. I wasn't predicting anything. I was just reporting yeah. stuff that I had read that other people haven't. Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, you, you see him play, you feel better about him. You feel better about uh, Matt Harvey. He's, he's throwing 98 miles an hour and looks good. I, I think your concerns with him. Uh, yeah, I'm you, still concerned. General, I'm concerned that he's throwing 98. How about that? <laughs> I think, yeah. How do you, you think come it's too out? Too much too now, soon. I don't know. Listen, let's just get something straight here, okay? The first right. pitch that he threw <laughs> in his first exhibition game was 99. All right, right off the, <laughs> I, you know, I, I would fall out of my chair if I was Sandy Alderson. If that, if that was, but the second pitch was 102. And then they stopped showing the miles per hour on on the uh, you know on the screen, so it could be that all these miles per hours are all wackadoo. You know, look, right? Hey, don't put it past the Mets to do anything like that. Right? Yeah, that's true. Jazzing it up. So I'm hoping yeah. he's not throwing 98. Here's the guy who comes out, and you know, here's the choice that that you could put on Matt Harvey. You could say he's throwing 98 in his first appearance from Tommy John. He's either stupid or, as the Mets say, he's a great competitor. Which one do you think? It's a fine line there, I think. Uh, I think he's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But the third choice... The third choice would have been that the jugs gun things are not accurate. So I don't think it was ever 98. I don't even think today was 95 or whatever you said it was. You know, Mm -hmm. he'd be crazy to do that right right out of the gate. All right, Lenny, fair enough. Um, As always, thank you, my friend. You can go back to sleep now. Thanks for I don't don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. Let's talk about Japanese. Let's keep talking. I don't think I want to leave. Did you think I was doing you you a favor by coming on the show? Do you realize that you you do me a favor? I just sit here and listen to you. Now I can talk to you, right? You can do it. So so tell me who who else do you want to talk about, Lenny? Give me another name. Uh, who else I want to talk about? All right, let's talk about Andrea. Who? Uh, no. Uh, but by the way, she was great in the Tout Wars X League. And when I mean great, it's not the team that she had. You can't believe this thing was so. Com- you know, they had Tout Wars X, the experimental league, mm-hmm. and it was yep. so complicated that nobody really. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. Uh, this is a snake draft with a dollar amount on every player. So she took mm-hmm. uh, Bryce Harper first because he was only fifteen dollars. Mike Trout was like forty-one. So you know, you know, you know. So she had the first pitch. She took a fifteen-dollar Harper over a forty-one-dollar Trout. But it was so complicated for people, and I'll tell you why. And this is the state of the of the union right now. We're so used to, the auction format is so difficult because you have to know the players, you have to know the uh, money management, and you've got to know the draft. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. when you unless you're doing a live draft, and how many of us have really done live drafts? Okay, we usually do the auction on the internet, and they got the queue, and they got all the players there. Well, these people had to bring their own papers, right, with their own lists of players. And let me tell you something: they screwed it up. They couldn't do it. They were throwing out players. Uh, I'll take uh, here's the here's the thing: Ron Chandler's the auctioneer, and a guy goes, "I'll take uh, Andrew Kashner." And Chandler looks at him with a stare. He was taken already. So the guy says, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'll take uh, Andrew Kashner. (laughs) And Chandler was ready to walk out of the room. And and, uh, somebody else whose name will go uh, unnamed said, time out. i got to figure out where I am. I'm lost here. Can we take a time out? So I'm not commenting on her team. But I'm telling you, Andy was so prepared, man, so proud. She's she's a uh, she did such a great job. So let's see what happens. But anyway, I I don't mean to go off track. All right. Uh, so it looks like uh, your boy Tanaka, um, three runs, four hits today, pitched into the fifth inning, and he still has two arms hanging. So what do you think? Yeah. Do you think he's going to last? Um. You know what? Logic says it won't last. 
But just to, I think, aggravate every non-Yankee fan out there, it probably will last the whole season, and it'll win 16 games with yeah. a sub-3 ERA. You know, you that's just so? what – it's the Yankee way. The, the miracle yeah. happens in the Bronx. It always does. Could, <laughs> could you imagine if they call up Ruben tomorrow and they say, hey, listen, Ruben, here's the deal. We'll take Papelbon from you. All you got to do, and we'll give you maybe Aaron Judge. That's it. One – prospect and two lower level guys we'll take Papelbon's contract but we you got to give us Cole Hamels along with it uh mm-hmm. I don't know I think something like that could happen and A-Rod nine for 31 hitting 290 he's been named uh he's not only has he he's been the named DH. To be, no he's also been named captain now he's so good you kidding <laughs> D.H. wasn't good enough. He wants to be the captain of the team. And I think if they do that, now everybody, isn't that unbelievable? Everybody loves A-Rod now. How about that? Everybody's going to love him. He's going to get a standing ovation opening day. Knowing because he's a Yankee, he's probably going to hit a three-run homer in the bottom of the eighth with the Yankees down two to nothing. Tanaka will pitch a complete game. A-Rod will hit the walk-off, and everything will be right in the Bronx. It just always seems to be the way. Is and it's just going to aggravate thing? all of us non-Yankee fans out there. This is why athletes can do anything they want throughout their whole life. Because all they got to do is have a good game. And I don't care what they do, uh, you know, the public will forgive them. It's it's crazy. This is what it is, man. It's uh, it's it's nuts. Uh, Joe Nathan had a big game. He pitched an inning, didn't give up a run. How about all those people you mentioned, Cabrera? What about Nathan? Uh, everybody was you know was counting him dead and drafting Soria, but it looks like Nathan is uh, still the closer. Yeah, it looks like he'll hold on to it for a little while. I mean, the guy's got the track record. Unfortunately. Uh, Detroit's Detroit's in a situation where they need to win a World Series, so who knows yeah. how long they'll last with him. You know, that's the only concern with Joe Nathan. And, and sorry, it doesn't excite me overly that much either. It's going to be, and they could be a team yeah. that could be in a play for a John Papelbon or somebody like that as well if they're willing mm-hmm. to take on the contract because that bullpen just continues to hinder them uh, every postseason, it seems, you know. Yeah, but, um, I, I, so Lenny, any other any other spring surprises yeah. you saw? Anybody else? Oh, Anybody, spring surprises! You know? Oh, I'm sorry, I was kind of I kind of, I kind of got lost in the show. <laughs> Thank you. You did. I love it, man. This is great talking to you about this crap. <laughs> it's really terrific. You people better listen in because this is fun for me. Better be fun for you. Uh, yeah, Kyle Gibson <laughs> struck out seven and in six innings today. He's been pretty good. Mike Zanino. Uh, hit 199 last year. He's he's 10 for 29 this year. That's uh, 345. If you're scouting at home, boy, could you imagine if he could hit 230 and hit you 30 home yes. runs? Uh, you know, not a bad catcher there. Uh, you know, uh, that's for sure. And as far as some of the players in the National League, yeah, yes, Brandon Phillips is batting third. Joey Votto was told you're going to bat second. You're going to do what you do best. You get on base. Let Hamilton get on base and run around the bases. I'm telling you, Brandon Phillips was only batting about 194, but if he's anywhere on his game and if, and if he's batting third, he could not get 100 runs. What do you I think th- about that? I I, I, think, I don't know about 100, but if you told me if you told me 80 to 85, I'd believe it a little bit more. Well, um, you know, Voto's I, on and Hamilton's on, and if he, you know, he could. He could yeah, but how long is? Good. I mean, to me, I'm very nervous about Votto. The, the the legs already seem like they last year. The legs were all sorts of beat up. Yeah. Uh, he disappoint. I mean, he's a terrific baseball player, obviously, but a fantasy wise, he disappoints because he's such a he's such a disciplined hitter that unless you're in an OBP league, he ends up disappointing mm-hmm. you a little bit. And you know, when the quads start going and things like that. It just tells me the legs are starting to break down, and, and, and that's tough to survive and to last the full season when that happens. Um, mm-hmm. But if he's able to score from second on a base hit from Brandon Phillips, then Brandon Phillips will be all right. If he can't get around the bases, then you're going to have a lot of first and thirds, and uh, somebody else is going to have to rack up those RBIs. Yeah, uh, maybe Jay Bruce will do it. Right, one more question, and then I'll let myself go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what happened to your partner? Is his wife okay and everything? Yeah, everything was all right. She uh, uh, is that Eric's why he's not wife, here? Uh, yeah, no, no. Eric's wife is, uh, oh. is pregnant, so he had to go home that night because she had hurt her back. Now right. tonight, he uh, besides talking 
fantasy baseball. He's also a uh, baseball coach here on the island for uh, one oh, of the really? local schools. Oh, yeah, he's a JV that? baseball coach. So he All had right. an out of out of town scrimmage that ended up getting rain delayed, and it just he couldn't oh, get over geez. here to uh, to join in the fun. Right. But one um, last question. So that's where he's one, last question. one last question. One last question. Then I'm going to go eat dinner. What are they going to do? Have you ever seen a more embarrassment than the signing of Yasmani Tomas? And what are they going to do with this guy? I mean, it is turned into an utter disaster. And now yeah. Arizona is trying to fix this thing on the fly. You know, uh, you got Jake Lamb, you got Owings, you got Aaron Hill, yeah. you got Trumbo. And they spent all this money on this kid. He, he can't catch a cold. And, I, 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 I mean, what, how do you see that shaking out? I just think, do they send him down to AAA and say they he's not to. ready and they hope he to. catches fight? They have to send him down. I mean, here's the deal. Nick Ahmad, by the way, did you ever hear of Nick Ahmad before yesterday? No. Before yesterday, no. No, honestly, because a lot of people haven't heard from him. So I'm going to tell you no, how I great haven't. I am. I'm going to tell you something okay. that's going to impress you. I, I, mm-hmm. I know not a lot about me impresses you, but this might. All right, I I drafted him in in uh, in uh, Tower Wars. Okay. <laughs> in reserve, I knew that they loved this guy, and he if he mm-hmm. plays shortstop and they move the other guy Chris Owings to second, Aaron Hill played some third base last year. Actually, um, Lamb is really cooled off. So they got mm-hmm. Lamb, they got Hill, they got Ahmad. They want to get those guys in. Then in in the outfield, Inciardi's hitting over 400. All right, Peralta's hitting over 400. And and this poor Tomas can't catch him. He can't play the outfield. I don't care what anybody says. If he's going to play, he has to play third. To put him in left field and Trumbo in right could be about the worst defensive outfield in the history of Major League Baseball. I don't care how good Pollock is. But he can't. I don't think he can play the outfield, man. And it's just a decision. I think he goes down to AAA. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. And if he continues to be unable to field the position, yeah. don't be shocked. I know they invested a lot of money in him, but maybe they try to do a prospect-for-prospect a prospect type of move and send him over to the American League where somebody says, mm-hmm. all right, I can use him as a DH. But you'd yeah. be, you know, somebody would have to be willing to, A, take on that contract, B, send something back, but defensively, he's god awful. No matter, you can't hide him anywhere. Mm. You know, first base isn't an option with Goldschmidt there. And right. like you said, this kid Ahmad, he's batting two ninety seven on the spring. You know, he's he's doing what he needs to do. He's earned the right to play. You've got veterans there who've earned the right to play. Uh, I, I think I think Tomas. See, I think personally, you've had a recent run of success on players from Cuba: Araldis Chapman, right. Abreu. Yeah, good point. So yeah. now. Now these guys, these these organizations, in some way, are tripping over themselves trying to get the next great Cuban player, right? And 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 maybe that they're a overspending and b overhyping these guys from what they really are, hoping to get that next great great one. And, and you know they're not all going to be great. Some of them are going to miss, and some teams are going to regret those contracts they give out. Yeah. So let's use this as a as a tip for fantasy baseball. And, and here's the tip. If you find yourself in an auction format and you're in a bidding war with somebody and you get the player, make sure you take a little note as to who the guy was that you were bidding against in the bidding war. Right? If you're in a snake draft and you steal a player and somebody yells out, gosh, I was just ready to take him, make a note to find out who that guy was. Because... When you want to trade that guy that you that you were in the bidding war with or you sniped, you get to know who to call, the first one to call to try to trade to, right? So mm-hmm. uh, maybe Arizona should go back and take a look at who was second in the bidding for Tomas and, as you say, try to unload him, right? Yeah, yeah. I think How this, this is a recipe for being a disaster. Yeah, I, I, they got to do something. Um, yeah. They got to move him somehow. I think they're going to make the mistake. I think they're going to move Trumbo and try to play Tomas in the outfield. Right. That's the other thing. Cause in, in the, uh, but this goes back to the offseason. In the offseason, they were actually marketing Trumbo and trying to market Aaron Hill. And I don't know how seriously they were. And was, of course, uh, if you take a look at that Arizona pitching staff, here's their problem with marketing Trumbo. Who's going to give them a pitcher? 
I mean, they, that's what that's what they need. Now I know they need mm-hmm. a catcher with Tuffy Goosewitch and this kid O'Brien. You know why they sent O'Brien down? Why? Because he couldn't throw back to the pitcher. He had Mackie. You Sasser. told me that. Yep. Mackie yeah, he Sasser had the blip. Remember the Mackie Sasser thing? Yeah. Oh I yeah, I remember the Mackie catcher. Sasser yeah. very well. Yeah. So he had the blips and he couldn't throw the. He was throwing the ball back to the pitcher, and the infielders had to go chase it. It's a horrible thing to happen like that, but this guy. I mean, that'll that, that will derail a career. That 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 oh, will absolutely. Because I I wanted you to know, take him, you know, back a couple of weeks ago in in labor, uh, because I you know th- th- the way I draft catchers, I only want to get like ten home runs from collectively from my two catchers, and I thought he could do it himself, and you know, uh, but so when I found out about the yips. And about the Mac, it's too bad because uh, his career could be in jeopardy here. So, anyway, yeah. let's see yeah, what happens. True. So, if I don't go to sleep, my career could be in jeopardy too. I want you to know that. Careers. <laughs> 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 yes. So, uh, that's the story. That's the story. All right, Lenny. Well, listen, uh, I'm just about out of time myself here, so we're going to wrap up. But uh, oh, you are? thanks for coming on. And, hey, um, are you kidding me? You're thanking me? Uh, this is great. I, I do can, thank you. This is great. This is great. I know. I, tell can, Eric, I, want, I could. Oh, what's that? Why don't you tell Eric to take a trip across country next week or something? <laughs> you want to come on? You come want to come on next week? Why don't you come on next week and we'll talk about our NL only we're doing on Monday night? Yeah, that would be cool. Oh yeah, Monday night. That'd gotta, be good. All right, we'll see about that. All right, I may have to catch all up right, on we'll my talk. sleep next week. That's a late drift. Me and my knucklehead ideas. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> All right, Lenny. We'll talk to you soon, pal. Okay. Take care. All right. Lenny Melnick, RotoExperts.com. Stayed with us the whole show, and I do appreciate that, Lenny. That's for sure. Uh, good friend of the show. Good friend of mine. Proud to say that. Uh, one of the good guys in the fantasy sports business. And great information on a lot of prospects, uh, a lot of stuff he saw. And, uh, and having said all that, we're just about out of time tonight. want to remind everybody, if you play daily sports, make sure you go to DraftKings.com. Sign up now. Use the promo code SMASHRADIO. If you play FanDuel, want to go to FanDuel, go to the microphone in the upper right corner and use the promotional code SMASHERS. They'll match you dollar for dollar up to the first $200. So make sure you go to FanDuel.com. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at DraftSmashRadio. Go to DraftSmashers.com. As well, you'll be able to see all the fantasy baseball writings I've done this offseason. Make sure you check out DraftSmashers.com. Click on the links there. Lots of great links to all sorts of different fantasy sports uh, daily sites and all sorts of other stuff, Amazon.com, things like that. Uh, for your fantasy sports needs, just go to DraftSmashers.com. Draft Smasher, Draft Smash Radio is the Twitter handle. War Room Fantasy Sports. I'm sorry, War Room Radio. Draft Smashers Fantasy Sports Radio is the Facebook page. As always, Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next Wednesday. Eric will be joining us uh, back again next Wednesday for our final show before opening day. Uh, Next Wednesday night, 7.30 Eastern time on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on iTunes as well. Leave a comment. Rate us. We do appreciate all of that fun stuff. For Lenny Melnick, special thank you to him. Have a great week, everybody. Good night, folks.